Hey everyone, welcome into the podcast. I'm Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining me today. A recent Wall Street Journal article led with the headline, Everywhere you look, the global supply chain is a mess. And when we read headlines like that, we turn to our supply chain expert to give us his thoughts on what he sees on everything going on. So today we welcome to the podcast, David Beard, president of Beard Supply Chain and Operational Solutions. David, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So, David, the global supply chain has been disrupted in a big way. What, what kind of factors do you see contributing to, to everything going on right now? Well, I mean, you know, when we talk supply chain, remember, we're simply talking about balancing supply and demand. And when we see issues manifest themselves, there are symptoms of uh, and, and the symptoms you'll see are, are, are just chaos, rate, speed to market, congestion, all those th- sorts of things. And you will see that locally and globally. And and so and it's because operations and markets run at a known expected rhythm. Right. So we have had the, the monster one in 100 year shock of covid that's taken place over the last you know 12 to 18 months. Because remember, this thing started earlier. You know, we're, we're a globalized economy. You know, we moved in the 90s. When I say we and the planet moved to more of a global economy. And because of that. Uh, different countries specialized in the global supply chain effort. And now you see a, two types of disruption. You see a supply shock in the countries that produce. You see a demand shock in the countries that consume. And then in the middle are a bunch of boats and trucks that are trying to balance supply and demand. So usually you'll have localized issues like hurricanes, typhoons, or, 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 or something that takes place, but rarely have we seen the massive shock that we've seen. I mean, it's like, think about the, the 8.0, 9.0 earthquake. Not only do you have the seismic event, but you're going to have aftershocks for a while. Well, that's what's going to happen with the global supply chains and even your local North American supply chains. Now, when you say the, you know, when you talk about the demand side, has consumer behavior shifted in a way that, that has put more... Uh, more strain on the supply chain because more people are ordering online, things like that? Well, two things happened. One, you had the whole the whole country, so let's get into the United States, you had the country go stock shelves uh, in, in, in February and March and clean out the shelves, right? So you had exceptional spike of demand. Instead, you know, de- demand is usually smoothed over time, so you have all the people that, all the people that sit in the businesses and they forecast even though they're supposed to be forward looking, many times they rely on past input with this manipulated to give you a forward perspective. You know, you don't do that with stocks, but people do that with supply chain. And so you now have a blip, uh, on, you know, Thanos snap blip, right? So you have a blip that's taken place. And because of that, so everybody stocked up. So then, and then they didn't consume for a while. And then now they're getting ready to consume or they're they're pointing their money in different places. They, they had a lot of home delivery. So everything changed as far as how goods and services get to the people. And in the meantime, what we have in front of us and the reason why the ports are, are a nightmare right now is one, people because suppliers are just trying to catch up from that still. And then two, we're about to see something that no living human has seen. Uh, we're going to see a demand as the as the pandemic looks like it's coming to an end with the vaccinations and all those sorts of things. We're going to see an, a, a reopen, a global reopening where demand attempts to go back to where it was. So remember, we've had light demand for so long that people got used to that. And now the demand's about to explode. 
And there's only limited capacity because supply capacity left the system. You had trucking companies go out of business. You had, you know, a lot of things that stopped because there just wasn't demand in the interim between the spike of demand at the beginning of the pandemic and now. And and that capacity is out of the system. So as we see the most demand ever coming in, come back, there's not going to be enough capacity in production, storage and shipment. So what you're seeing now is going to probably get worse over the middle part of the year. The good news is that capacity usually lags demand in, in cases of domestic U.S., you know, quarter, quarter and a half. The oceanic stuff, we'll talk about the oceanic stuff in a minute, but but you're going to see a very volatile and chaotic uh, 20, 2021. Oh, no, so I, I was going to ask just the, the impact that you see that happening, having on businesses, right? Uh, if the demand is there, but the, the supply is getting stuck at different bottleneck points, do you see stores that, that won't be able to perhaps meet the demand that, that has risen over the last several months? No, no. Well, that's already happening. I mean, Nike reported uh, yesterday and uh, they reported a down number on revenue, a significantly down number on revenue. And the reason why is there's, they couldn't get their product through the ports to get to the consumers. So, um, so I mean, you, you, very real time. And these are big It's not like a mom and pop trying to get something from China. This is like Nike having problems, right? These are, these are big kids that are having problems getting, uh, getting things in because either port congestion, because everything's out. Oh, and then remember your capacity at the ports are being hit, not only because of um, excessive demand crashing in, but then you have local regulations in California that drive, um, that drive labor. You have uh, labor call outs due to pandemic. You have uh, organi- organized labor call outs for other variety of things. So, you know, have you have all these little mini storms inside of storms, all of these things that are taking place is is not just one thing. I mean, the proximate cause of everything is the is the, the COVID pandemic, but it's driving all of these other mini micro storms that are coming together to drive a supply demand disruption. And, and what happens is think about it. Every time everything I've said up till now is heavy demand, low supply. So it's basic economics. If you have high demand, low supply, price resets up. So it's going to be inflationary in what you're spending on goods and services. And it's inflationary because there's just there's just not enough trucks and not enough containers to move things. So anybody that thinks that they have a, a, a agreement or a contract with anybody, they're crazy. They, they don't anymore. Now, there are some ways to remedy that that we can talk about in a minute, but I'll take a pause and see if you have a follow-up question. Well, I suppose with that being the 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 base layer, you know, our, our our kind of base layer of what's going on right now, it has all been kind of disrupted because of COVID. So then you you take a look at natural disasters and other things that that typically happen, right? That disrupt things. It, does it then amplify you know situations like the freeze in Texas last month or the earthquake, oh, yeah. like you mentioned? Those become bigger things now because our our base layer is is just generally more disrupted than usual. Yes, yes. I mean, again, they, these you know, luckily these things happen only once in a hundred years, you know, for a reason. Um, and we will have we, we will live with these members because we we've changed. So there's a few things that happen, and a lot of people that out there are listening because of supply chain. They will remember 
2017 and 2018, if, if you tried to get uh, trucks to deliver for you or if you were a shipper and you needed to get delivery, um, that was a very inflationary year. That was a very high priced year. Right. And the reason it was is because you had a demand disruption hit with a capacity with supply staying the same. And the reason why it did it, it was because um, you had what I deemed was and called was the first Amazon recovery. We were coming out of a, you know, we were coming out of a recession. Uh, the, the most of the beginning of the recession, and this is back to the 2008, 2009 timeframe, you were coming out through a lot of printing money and, and, and Fed stuff, but then you kind of had the beginnings of a real consumer driven recovery in 2015, 2016 and 2017. And so what happened is at this time, back in the old days, when you came out of a recession, um, you went, to, you got the car and you went to Walmart and bought something. Well, this time around, you got on your computer and you and you delivered and you ordered it from Amazon. So the consumer has changed how he or she gets goods and services and it's already being delivered. So you already had underlying demand that was high. And then now we've had this macro shift kind of throw everything out of whack. And then as people and, then, and, and now people have even gotten more used to that. So as we come out of the pandemic and, and, and people have money again and people have jobs again and all that kind of stuff the demand is going to go through the roof and 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 supply is simply an ocean away. I mean, you, you, most of the stuff that's made for us in the United States is made in Asia. And that's a four month trip, even if the, the things at the dock, right? The ships at the dock. So we really have to relook to get out of this. We have to relook the global supply chain. And we are, we're going to need to begin to decouple the global supply chain where we're back to manufacturing in America where it's smart uh, because you're, you're just going to experience more out of stocks. You're going to experience uh, more scarcity and Americans are not, I, I mean, even the last time Americans dealt with scarcity on a significant scale was the second world war. Um, so really a lot of the people that are living today have, have never, have never gone without, they, you know, when they go to the grocery store, it's there. Uh, when they go to the hardware store, it's there. Well, what I'm saying is not about, it's about to not be there. And we've seen that happen over the last year, but you know, you're go people are going to expect everything to go back to normal and it's going to be 12 to 18 months before things are normal from a supply chain standpoint. So some of the reports I've seen have said that, um, you know, people at, at ports, especially in the United States say it's going to be at least a month to kind of clear out everything they have currently backlogged there. And that's not even to mention ships that are already on their way to, to U.S. ports, right? And so how do you how do you begin to remedy that type of a situation? Well, well, here's a few things. Now, let's talk oceanic for a second, because a lot of these ocean companies, they'll, they will force a fake, what I would say, a fake spike. They always pull capacity. So the way oceanic freight works is it's usually negotiated. The big kids negotiate first. When I say big kids, I'm talking Walmart, um, target big, big folks. And then, then second tier folks will negotiate and then third tier folks will get whatever's left. So what's happening is a lot of these folks have their supply chains design where it goes into port of Long, uh, Long Beach. It goes in Los Angeles. It'll go into a handful of ports. Well, one, what I've been telling clients to do is swing the freight around to other ports. If you can port of Houston, Savannah, uh, uh, you know, there are other, there are Miami, there are other places to get into the United States and then, and then move forward. So that's one, um, two, 
It's going to be longer in a month to clear this stuff out. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that's crashing in. There are boats that are lined up outside of the port. And, and it's just people are going to have to learn. Companies are going to have to learn how to get better at forecasting. Or you start to have buffers in the United States, right? So another way to get rid of it is if you – so remember, the, the world went to just in time. And just in time was a way to save cost and save money to make companies more profitable. And just in time works if everything works. Well, just in time's not working anymore. So when there's a time, a lead time issue because of some uncertainty in the supply chain, what you got to do is you have to set up um, inventory or, or buffer positions inside of North America. And, and that's another way you need, these guys are going to need to carry some more inventory. And a, a lot of people out there that own businesses, especially the private equity guys, they don't want to hear, well, yeah, I got to carry more working capital. But my opinion is you would rather have your good or product here in the United States ready for sale, you know, have it when you need it versus need it and not have it because you can be just in time and just right out of luck because it'll still be over in either on a boat or in the Pacific or somewhere in Asia. So I, I guess the, the question as we kind of start to, to look ahead to what do we learn from this type of situation and that sort of thing becomes, is this just such a freak convergence of circumstances that it's not worth looking into terribly deeply? Or are, are there lessons that can be pulled out of this that, that should be applied moving forward? You, you autopsy everything. You, all, you always do an after action review on everything. What, what I would say in this case is the, the, the spike of this or the, the, how excessive this was is going to be maybe a once or twice in a lifetime event. I, I, I really hope something like this doesn't happen again. I don't think it will. But there are certain things that when you start thinking about how you, if you're a local transportation person, a local warehouse person, or you're in a buying procurement office, uh, the lessons learned out of this is one, uh, always add safety to, you know, lead, to your lead times, right? If you, if you expect something to be two weeks, add a third week of safety to it because you don't know what disruptions are going to happen. So that's one. Two, your relation, this is when your relationships with your suppliers, if you're a shipper, you have suppliers out there that are driving things for you, storing things for you, moving things for you. This is when you figure out if you have a good relationship with whoever is managing that or helping you manage that, right? Because if you're going to someone and they just can't get you priced, they can't get you priced, they can't get you priced, or they're taking advantage of you, I always, you know, supply chain, especially pricing inside the supply chain, it's a pendulum going between advantage shipper and advantage carrier. So if your carrier is taking advantage, this is this is the biggest thing to take away from what I'm about to say. If your carrier is taking advantage of you and you do have a relationship with that group, you need to, I used to always talk about this, you got to live with these people after the war, meaning you don't go commit atrocities because you'll have to look at these people another day, right? Same thing here. You, they need to, you know, obviously there, you have to pay a bit of a premium, but you don't need to be gouged because guess what? In this time next year, you'll be asking me why so many trucking companies are going out of business because what will happen is a lot of capacity will come in the market in the second half of this year. And then they'll bid the prices back down to a point where a lot of trucking companies can't sustain. And then they'll go out of the market. Right. So it's one of those, Look, I know I have to pay a premium now as a shipper, but, you know, take it easy on me because in 12 months time, the shoe is going to be on the other foot. I'm going to be in the position of power. And when when I can get a much lower rate than yours, I'm going to maintain the relationship to have the capacity when I need it. 
So this 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 affords us an opportunity not to be just strictly machine arithmetic machines. We could actually be you know human beings and negotiate with each other in good faith and and do things for a shared benefit. So so those things are big. And and the biggest takeaway from this just strategically, um, and this what I'm about to say is controversial, but we have to really look at decoupling the global supply chain. We can no longer rely on um, host nations on the other side of the planet to provide us what we need. All right, this was a natural disaster and we saw how exposed we were. And when I say natural disaster, the pandemic's a natural disaster, right? And it shows us how we were. What happens if some of these host nations just decide not to ship us anymore? Right. And they can leverage because they now see the playbook. If you want to take down or, or, or stifle the American economy, it's pretty easy to do it. If I turn a few tr- ships off or a few trucks off. So. So. And, and, and again, my background's more in, in military and national security type things. So I would say, you know, the biggest strategic lesson I've learned in this is that we are on a, a, a we're in a very it's almost like a think about a spider web, like our society is like a spider web. Right. And 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 those those the web is very fragile and thin together is strong. But then but it, it's not to if you take a few of the threads out, it falls apart really quick. So, you know, in the in the pursuit of being the lowest cost, um, not only does service suffer, but stability is put at risk. Well, it's a fascinating time, and uh, I appreciate uh, getting your in- insights and expertise here on uh, on all things supply chain. David Beard of Beard Solutions. David, thank you as always for, for joining us here at MarketScale. No worries. Thanks for having me. And everyone, check out beardsolutions.com for more from David and his team. That's B-E-A-I-R-D solutions.com to learn more about uh, what they do in the world of supply chain. And everyone, thanks for joining us for this episode of the show. We'll be back soon with more. But until then, for David Beard, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you later. 